0: Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, Episode 68. Today, I'm sitting down with Rachel Brinke, an entrepreneur, mom, and attorney for small business owners. Rachel is not your typical lawyer. She is an expert at educating and protecting entrepreneurs, and she is far from boring. Today, we're talking about common legal mistakes entrepreneurs make, how to avoid them, and why an attorney is one of the first three investments you should make when starting a business. The truth is, when it comes to legal stuff, you're either going to spend a little time and money now, or you'll spend it later, in tears, time, and your hard-earned cash. Believe me, I've been there. If you want a capital B business, you've got to listen to this episode. All right, you ready? Let's do it.
1: Welcome to the Zimmerman Podcast with your host, CEO, wedding professional, educator, and mom, Jessica Zimmerman. In just two years, Jessica went from facing bankruptcy to taking home a six-figure salary. She turned a business-saving $100,000 loan into a million-dollar empire. As a creative entrepreneur, a healthy work-life balance seems just as unattainable as a six-figure income. But Jessica Zimmerman is here to show you it's possible. With the right tools and insider tips and some hard work, your craziest dreams can become your daily routine. If you set some boundaries and commit to healthy changes, you can create a business and a life you love. So let's make your business work for you.
0: Rachel, I'm so thrilled you're here with us today. You are the first lawyer that we've had on the podcast as as far as I know, <laughs> and I could not be more excited to have you. Before we dive in, what can you tell us about who you are and what you do?
2: Yes, thank you for having me. I always cringe when people lead off calling me a lawyer because I'm afraid that the listeners are going to hang up and like, throw their phone down because lawyers can notoriously be boring or talk over you, talk down. And I want you guys to know that I am an entrepreneur and a mother and I am in the trenches. I get what you guys are going through. I am a lawyer, uh, intellectual property, trademark and copyright and contracts for small businesses, but I also own other businesses as well, as well as my own podcast. And so I like to provide a lot of insight into not just the legal aspects of business, but also life and how that integrates with business and business strategy. I have my MBA with an emphasis in marketing and leadership. So I combine all of that to provide the best information for you guys to be able to protect your businesses, strategize them so that you can live life, even though we love business, but so that we can live life the way we want to.
0: Mm, Absolutely.
2: Did you gradually fall
0: into this business or did you have kind of an aha moment when you realized that you could become an entrepreneur while helping entrepreneurs with your experience in law? Because it doesn't seem like a typical business model for lawyers. And I think it's so creative.
2: Yeah, no, I fell into this. I kind of always never have fit the mold of a nine to five cubicle. I did work corporate work for a while, but even in school, you know, the teacher's report card notes were always, Rachel can't keep her button seat. She's always telling us how to change our organization structure um, and that kind of stuff. So I decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so in the beginning, I actually started on MySpace that dates me a little bit and a uh, got to know a couple other people, started an online apparel store, which is so funny because I have like zero fashion sense. But in that process, I learned that, and at the time, this is different. I mean, this is over a decade, almost two decades ago, that there was not a lot of information out there of how to set up a business, how to strategize it, how to market it. Everything was behind paywalls. We didn't have that freemium type of information that we have now. You get on Pinterest, you get on the web, and you get bazillion you know results. And so during that process I realized, hey, maybe I should go to business school, which side note if you're listening and you're thinking about it, having an MBA is great. Um I don't think that it was necessarily worth the money, especially with the accessibility to podcasts like this and all sorts of information out there, but I just gradually went from there then went into law and just develop different businesses as I went along. I really loved the business strategy. People were starting to ask me questions because they saw that my apparel store was taken off and I was really learning the ropes. And like I said, there wasn't a lot of freemium information, you know, the free blog posts, podcasts, and all of that. And so when I started putting that out, that's when... This whole business strategy concept, you know, this information took off. And then when I graduated law school, because I saw a need for legal info, there are many lawyers that are starting to do what I do now, which is wonderful. A lot of us in the younger generation that are taking over the industry, Uh, but for the longest time, in order to get access to a lawyer, you had to go into an office, you know, you had to go and sit in their stuffy library with a tie on. And I wanted to change the face of that. And so that's what I've kind of done. And I love it. I absolutely enjoy it. Did you have anyone who told you that you couldn't successfully practice law this way? Yes, everybody. Um, I had a, someone in my family that told me that they expected me to be nine to five in a courtroom. Even now I'll go to legal networking events, which is few and far between. I'd rather hang out with entrepreneurs and other lawyers, no offense, lawyers that are listening, but I will go to legal events and I'll have lawyer friends say, Hey, can you know, they look at me all sad. Oh, you know, can we, can we send you clients? And I'm like, no, dude, can you take some of mine? Cause I have a long wait list, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, The idea of having an out-of-the-box career with your law degree and your licensures is becoming more accepted, especially now we're recording this during COVID and the whole legal industry has like, you know, turned on its head of having to go virtual and they're kind of catching up. So um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting and I've always thrived on people telling me I couldn't do something and here I am. Right, right. When
0: did you realize that there was such a need for a la carte legal help for entrepreneurs?
2: Um, I think it was in law school. So my, I gave you guys a little bit of this history and the story. But in that, I also was offering, you know, business strategy services and marketing advice to clients. And I was realizing they also needed a strong visual brand. And so that's how I got really integrated in creative fields, particularly with photographers. And I looked around and realized there was next to no photography dedicated resources that had legal information. And that's when I really narrowed in on that niche. And I'm now branched out into other niches as well. But it was during law school when I'm getting tons of questions and trying to do my own type of services for my clients. I just think every time that I've gotten into wanting to offer something else or do another project, I just look around and see what's available. And if it's not available, I create it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I feel the same way. It's like if if somebody's asking for something and it isn't available, you just want to create it yourself. I totally get it. (laughs) So all the time I get questions from people just starting businesses asking what they should spend money on. And if they don't have much money to spend, you know, what do they spend their money on? And 100% of the time I say an attorney, um, because I think if you're a real business, you need to protect yourself and your business in a real way with a real contract, um, that holds up in, you know, in court, what advice would you give new business owners about how to be smart while being wise with their money?
2: So this is a loaded question, but I'll share with you kind of some of my history. When I started out without that apparel store and all of that, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I had just got married to my husband. He was junior enlisted in the army, and we were pregnant with our first child. And so uh, we didn't have a lot of funds. And I share that to say, I understand many of you are sitting there and you're just looking at your budgets and going... I can't afford an attorney. I can't afford to invest. And that's honestly where a lot of my a la carte legal information online, my podcasts, and websites and everything came about was a help to fit that budgetary need. But that is only one of the roadblocks that I see that many entrepreneurs face. Um, you know, to solve that for me though that initial roadblock of money, I looked around and was like, what can I do? What can I sell in my house? I, you know, I started waiting tables in the evenings. I started selling stuff at garage sales and reinvesting all of that into the business to the point that my husband was like hiding his stuff. So I wouldn't sell it because that's how bad I knew I needed to have protection because we had a home, we had a child on the way and I wanted that personal liability protection. And I needed an attorney to help me because at the time I wasn't an attorney. Um, A second roadblock, I see a lot of newer entrepreneurs, actually even seasoned entrepreneurs face, is finding an attorney that really knows your business. Because I find that if you don't have one that understands your industry, like in the industry, there's good and bad, right? There's good lawyers or good doctors, bad doctors. You're going to, and that's the same thing for lawyers, but you really want to find someone that is specialized because that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. So if you're especially looking to try to get protected and maybe you just want to do like level one protection, which is better than none, right? You're not able to go for like a robust contract or all the legal needs. You know, you at least want to try to find someone that knows your industry because in the long run, you are going to save yourself time, money, energy, and stress by having someone that's integrated with that. And, and that's kind of also where my resources come from. I've got checklists and the podcast and the blog posts all for free, because I want you guys as the head of your business wanting to get protected. The more knowledge that you have, the more you can be the CEO of your business and make decisions. And you also can weigh in and get a better product from a lawyer, especially one that may not necessarily know your industry uh, because sometimes you're just not gonna be able to find that. So as much as you can bring to the table, the more efficient process is gonna be, the more cost-effective the process is gonna be. And I just feel like you get an overall better protective result by finding someone that knows your industry and also coming equipped with information and the right questions. You know, I don't really recommend DIYing do it yourself of legal stuff for many reasons. So please don't use that as an excuse. And I'm gonna share a story about that here in a second with some numbers to kind of hopefully scare you a little bit, because it's almost better to not have it at all than to write your own contract and contract against yourself. And that is why I try to provide this information. And I don't want you to just hand stuff off. In fact, as a business strategist, also... I feel like CEOs should at least touch every job in the business especially when we're smaller businesses like this touch every job because it will give you more insight into what goes into it gives you an appreciation for the person that's going to fill that position and also so you can make better decisions on value and strategy you know I actually modeled this after when I was waiting tables I noticed with like Outback Steakhouse in order to become a general manager you have to work every position in the restaurant and I thought that was absolutely fantastic way for those in leadership to really be able to effectively lead and effectively make decisions. And so, but I don't want you to take that and go, oh, well, then if you're telling me to be a lawyer, then me go write my own. Let me give you a quick story on that. This is a classic situation we see come through the law firm all the time. They will inquire and say, how much does a contract cost for X, Y, and Z? And we'll say, well, you know, it's probably about two hours. So it's going to be this amount. And I'm not giving you guys a number because every location is going to vary. And they'll say, well, I don't have that amount, so I'm going to go write my own. They'll go on the internet, they'll draft their own, then they come back in six to eight months and they have an issue. I have one very classic example of a very dear client, there's still clients of mine that did this. They didn't want to pay about eight or 900 bucks for their initial contract, But but mind you, they're going to be using for thousands of clients, right? So it's not just like a one and done shot. They didn't write it properly. They ended up having an issue because you never have an issue to you have an issue. So don't think if you've been in business for 20 years and you're listening to this, you will end up having a problem at some point. He ended up coming back. We ended up having to go to court. And because there was not stuff properly drafted, even though he didn't do anything wrong, ended up having to spend $8,000 in attorney's fees plus the $800 to get his contract Then revise for the future so 800 versus 80 800 and all the stress and those are just general numbers but that is a classic example we see a lot from many small business entrepreneurs who use the excuse like you just said jessica of like i don't have the money i don't know where to go guys the resources are out there and you can make it work you just have to be really committed to doing it
0: Running a floral business isn't always as pretty as the flowers themselves. I spent more than $100,000 educating myself and figuring out how to make this business work for me and fully support my family of five. If you're wanting to know how to not only run a profitable business, but also hear all my firsthand experiences of navigating how to deal with difficult brides, make automated systems, create proposals, set boundaries in your work, and book every bride you want, you need to check out Business Behind the Blooms. Go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash BBB to get more information. That's com slash BBB. I will say for me, I mean, one of the things that I'm most proud of is I have a program called the business behind the blooms. And it is really just the curtain pulled back on you know, how to make money in the wedding industry. And I have an entire module. I want to say it's module 14, but that I talk about every single one of my contracts. But before I get into detail about each contract, I say to them, let me tell you the stories that happened that made me finally wake up and realize, oh, I can't just use a contract that someone gave me, or I can't just use a contract that I heard about. Or even in my case, I had bought a pre-existing business and I just assumed that the contract that that business had was was good and legal and would hold up in court. So I shared these stories and it's funny, one of the um, one of my students wrote to me and she said, you know, Jessica, your whole program, it feels like I'm sitting in a coffee shop with my best friend and you're Aww. just sharing. Sharing, you know, everything. She goes, and then we get to the contracts module. And I feel like we're in the corner of a dark bar with like a stiff drink. And you're like, listen, no one really should know about this, but I'm about to share it with you. Because I knew if I just shared with, the, and I, you know, I do all the things that you said too. Like, listen, I'm showing you what I have, but then you need to take this to your attorney and mm-hmm. say, hey this works for a gal in arkansas in in these years i need something kind of like this what so it gives them a you know a blueprint of what you're looking for so maybe you don't have to spend an entire hour describing everything you need, maybe that kind of can help save a little bit of time there, but that you absolutely cannot use this because it does not, everywhere is different. Every state is different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes towns are different. Everything is different. And my stories, those kind of dark you know, stories that I shared that nobody really, they feel a little uncomfortable reading them because they're like, we're probably not supposed to know this. (laughs) It has made people wake up and go, oh, okay. Yeah. And I just think That's why you have to ask yourself, are you a business or a hobby? Because if you're a business, I'm sorry, $800 is not an issue. Like, not that it's not an issue, like you can't pay for it. I understand that that $800 might be hard to come up with, but if you're a real legit business, you're figuring it out. You are figuring it because you cannot be a business and not have a contract, a solid contract that is going to protect you. One of the things that happened to me, I had an issue with an employee and I realized throughout the process, I mean, Rachel, there was was one sentence worded, I guess, Incorrectly, in the to where my entire contract would not have held up in the court of law mm. because there was like one word or one sentence that was just if the words had been switched, it would have held up. It was so crazy. And then I learned things like now, listen, you are just having them sign a contract, but if you will have an employee sign a here's your employment offer. And of all the duties I expect you to do now, here's a contract. And if you will sign it and the employee sign it and get it notarized, you sign it in front of a notary, it's ironclad at that point. You know, there's nothing that they can dispute because you it's actually, you know, notarized. And then on top of that, if they decide to leave, you have an exit agreement, you know, that once again, kind of reinstates Mm -hmm. all the things in the contract and they sign it. Then if they try to do something like, for example, you know, break their non-compete agreement, you have 3 documents on 3 different dates that has their signature on it and you have one of them that's notarized like they're they're going to lose you know you're good so even just things like that that i learned throughout the process you just have to make sure that you're protected but i do as hard as that module was to write i really wanted to be honest with people about that
2: And I think also what's important is that it's not even just a one and done situation. Like this has to be something that is in your CODB, your cost of doing business all the time, because you don't know when you're going to have a problem. And also we see this a lot contracts people will come in they see us and actually our firm's a little different we follow up if you come to my firm you're going to become my friend so I will be in your inbox following up contracts are not a one and done they should be a living breathing document so I will be on you in a year like you are like your CPA probably is with you although that's a, you know federally and state required deadline I'm still in your inbox saying hey have you grown have your policies changed? Do we need to update anything? Oh, hey, by the way, state law has changed here. You can't do any of that if you're doing it yourself. And you also can't do that if you've chosen the wrong attorney, (laughs) because not everyone is forward thinking. You know, I had a client who wedding photographer that she did the one and done and not much had changed in her contract. But guess what? She didn't change. She did not change. Her prices. There was like a three thousand dollar price gap because it was over like a five year span. That from when she had gotten her contract and when she booked this client. Well, the client had pulled out the contract and said, "No, I don't owe you the balance." Because look, and she goes, "No, we agreed on X, Y, and Z." Well, that X, Y, and Z price was not in the contract because she had never updated it. She had never taken the time to make sure she was editing it properly, evaluating them before sending them off, and ended up costing her more money. We did get it fixed. Um, I was able to finagle with other evidence, et cetera. But then she ended up spending a good portion on trying to fix that. And not even just a good portion of money, but a good portion of time and energy away from her business. And I think that is one of the biggest heartbreaking things for me here is I feel like in business, we can figure out the money situation, but we cannot get back the stress, the time taken away from your family, the time taken away from your own personal stuff. And so I really want to be as proactive as possible. And that's my big thing is like, I'll go to court and I will go to town for you. I'm a firecracker, but I would rather us never get there. I would rather you pay me less and us prevent, you know, issues than you have to spend all your time and spend money on me later.
0: Totally I I have another program called Know your numbers and it's all about annual planning for um, your best year yet and I share not only how I make a you know a, a plan of a, you know a money plan for the year how I'm gonna spend my money but also it's like it's it's a dedicated month I choose November every year November I just kind of step away from my business to work on my business and one of the things I do every November is I send all of my contracts to my attorney and say hey, are all of these still good? And I, I do that annual check-in and no, most no. of the time they are. And sometimes we have to update a couple of things, but by doing that, it is just, it. I know I'm protected, you know, and it keeps me on their mind as well. And so they know if something comes up to reach out to me, but yeah. And then I also budget several thousands of dollars a year for mm-hmm. for an attorney, because you just never know what might happen and what you need to, you know, contact them about.
2: And also asking your insurance company, you know, if you're having liability insurance, ask them specifically in the policy or read it yourself. It's like, it's only like a 3000 page document, but you know, check to make sure, because oftentimes you can get attorney services paid for you. You may not get to select the attorney if you have a problem, but that is one other way that can help you, you know, and we're just talking about contracts here, but you can substitute this for anything. You know, one of the things that we do, um, and I think this is just the whole business You know, strategist and me, when they come in the door, we're not an order taker. I mean, if you want me to only do a trademark, I'll only do a trademark, but I'm still going to ask you 500 other questions to make sure your LLC is intact, to make sure that you own that property, make sure, you know, all of that. You really should be having a full business audit done. And we do that so that we can serve you guys. You know, obviously it becomes a profit center for us because then we're able to continually offering services, but it's to help prevent these issues. Like I said, you guys are going to save more money by running this whole list. And I actually have a free checklist. It's On the web, you guys can download it, use it, take it to your attorney. I get calls from attorneys all the time who are like, Oh my gosh, can I use this in my firm? Because entrepreneurs don't know what they don't know. And that's how I got in doing this. And you just have to go step by step. And like you just said, have a month or a time. I have like admin days, you know, the first week of every month has, you know, is all committed to like admin specific days or specific stuff. And I use this checklist, even myself on my own businesses. And so it's walking through contracts, trademarks, changes in your marketing, and just making sure that you're staying in line because it's so easy to get swept up, especially when you don't want to deal with yucky lawyers, but get swept up in your business and ignore the legalities. And then everything literally will come to a screeching halt when you have a problem. And I hate hearing that. I hate seeing that in businesses. And I've seen small businesses who are hardly off the ground falter because they use a lot of the, and I say this with lovingly, but these excuses, these reasons that we've just outlined here of why not to get the legalities in order. And it sucks because they might've had a really good Yes, I'm a lawyer who says sucks. Sorry. <laughs> they, um, they probably had a really good product or service that would really fulfill a uh, need, but they can't get out of their own way of legal stuff when the information and the resources are there. So do it. Do it, do it, mm-hmm. do
0: it. Yes. What are some things people might not realize they should be doing to protect themselves legally?
2: oh man, it's going to really depend what industry you're in. But some of the major things I see that all businesses have are intellectual property. And that's really why I got into doing that type of work. This is all of your logos, your business names, your course names, your ebook names, your um, text on your website, the photos on your Instagram that you created or had photographed for you. It's understanding who owns the property, what you can do with that. One of the classic examples that I'm seeing a lot and I think I see this a bit more since I work with photographers intimately all the time, but a business owner such as yourself will go hire someone for headshots or marketing shots for the website and So Jessica, you may hire me and and we have a contract and let's just say in the off chance you don't read it, don't understand it, we never really discuss it and you just sign it, we go on our way. Well, all of a sudden I have photographed for you and you're just sharing those photos everywhere. But the contract really only defined that only you could use it, or maybe we didn't have a contract at all. So in that case, there's only an implied license for you to utilize those photographs in your business. But all of a sudden, we see it on Forbes, we see it on somebody else's website or podcast. Well, technically, that's not your intellectual property to share. And I shared the photograph example, because that is the number one thing that we work on in the firm. And that I see all the time. And here's the not haha funny, but interesting, funny part of it is it's not even necessarily small mom and pop companies that are taking photographs and infringing. We go against corporate giants all the time who will come onto your Instagram. They will love a photograph that you have taken or that your your photographer has taken. They lift it. They go use it. They use it in their marketing. They use it in an ad. And that's infringement. They don't own that property. You didn't give them permission. You should be, you or whoever's the owner of the photograph, whether it's the photographer or you took it yourself, Jessica, should be compensated for that use or at a minimum should be asked permission for that use. And so, and this can be any of your branding elements. This could be the name. This could be the logo. Most common it's photographs right now, since visual branding is huge, you know, with Pinterest, Instagram and all that. Um, But yeah, you would think that these large companies have their stuff under control. And they don't. And that's just why I really talk a lot about those elements of law. That if corporate giants aren't gonna get their stuff together to educate their company their staff, we need to be prepared to protect our own selves. You know, and you can even do that for like business names, understanding. Did I do the right searches to make sure I'm not infringing upon someone else? Or when someone starts infringing upon me and I have a federal trademark, did you know you have a duty to make sure someone stops using that? And it's really, these are things, if you really care about your business and you really care about your brand, intellectual property aspects of your business to me are a non-negotiable. And here's, you can tell I'm getting on a soapbox, a lot of attorneys. So we're not required to take intellectual property in law school. So many even just general business attorneys don't understand how intellectual property works. They don't understand copyright law and trademark law. That's why someone like myself is like a unique rare bird in that you have to really find someone that understand how that works to really protect your brand. And now you guys know you can look at a logo and know whose brand that is. But what if someone else has the same logo as you? All of a sudden you could end up having their bad reputation impart on you. Consumers are confused and start buying from Jessica instead of Rachel because Jessica made her logo look similar to Rachel's. You know, and these are the things that we're wanting to prevent because you guys are spending so much time, energy and money in your businesses and it all rests in the intellectual property aspects. And, you know, there's the other stuff, like have your LLC. We talked about contracts and all of that. But I feel IP is a big thing because for many people listening, especially with you, Jessica, and your courses, that is content. That is information. And that's what you should be protecting. And it's branding.
0: Yes. Mine are registered trademarks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I spend the money. I get it
0: done because, I, again, there's just no sense. Why do all that work if it's exactly. not protected?
2: Mm-hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, my, uh, my podcast is the business bites podcast. And even myself as an IP attorney, I was like, okay, well, I got this registered people come along, I'll police it, I'll send a nice letter, I don't even have to be a jerk about it, right? Send a nice letter and say, Hey, I have a duty to police this. And since I'm the registered mark holder, can you quit using it? Just change your business name? No ill will, blah, blah, blah. Like you don't have to be a jerk about it. But I didn't really consider how many people would want to use the term business bite. So it's almost like a full-time job and it can be overwhelming, but that's why firms can do it for you. And I actually my paralegal does all mine for me and I just have the benefit of that since I own a law firm. But you know you can find people to do these things for you. And if you have crafted your business plan and your financial plan, all of these costs are really low. Uh, you know, I have a client right now who did their trademark before they even came to me years ago, and now someone's been infringing on it and he's getting a fat check, you know, because somebody's been riding on his coattails. And so I'm not saying rush to register in hopes so that you'll make money, but there is potential for profit. I mean, I've had another client who was able to license her trademark to Macy's for uses on shirts, for like graphic shirts. And so there are, there's also, there's potential income streams there. Yeah, you just
0: got to have someone who's looking out for you for sure. If you want to build a great business or live a good life, you've got to plan for it. Every year, I take a whole month to reevaluate the past 12 months and figure out what worked, what didn't, and how I can create a life I love for the following year. I teach you my exact planning process in my program, Know Your Numbers, annual planning for your best year. If you want a free training to get some tips on planning your best year yet, go to Zimmerman com slash know your numbers. That's Zimmerman com slash know your numbers. What did it look like when you decided to grow your business, and how helpful is it for you to have a team of people who bring their unique gifts to the table?
2: Oh, man. So, I. Lay it on the table up front. Um, Management and leadership has been the hardest thing for me. It's learning to be an effective communicator. I mean, I'm almost 40 and I'm still learning how to do that. And I'm just now almost 20 years in trying to, or I think I'm finally developing and hitting my stride. So because of that, for the longest time, I was so trying to just get my head around the business aspect of things. I did a lot of it myself. And even though it's kind of one of those do's I say, none as I do things, I was telling other people, oh yeah, outsource, do all that. What I did was kind of, and what I recommend to many, especially when they're in financial constraints or don't want to deal with all the major legalities is dip your toe into the pool of having a team by starting with contractors, independent contractors, one-off jobs, and then slowly work yourself into having employees if you can. Not all businesses are structured in the way that they can do that. I was thankful that I could. And that allowed me to learn. I made mistakes as I went along. I'm still making mistakes. Um, I now have a team who will tell me when I'm making a mistake, which I think is really important. So, I honestly, I'm glad you asked this question because just this morning I was thinking I have finally hit the stride of what I wanted. I've been able to be hands off on one of my brands because I had developed and cultivated a team, but it wasn't like I sat there one day and said, okay, I want this business. I'm going to have a team. Here you go. It still is how many, how many years in the works and I still have to be involved, but that was my goal was that I wanted to be able to do things like this. I wanted to be able to like this morning, I was doing Legos with my daughter before getting on with you. And I wanted to be able to have that freedom and not be a slave to work, even though I enjoy it. And one of the top questions that I always ask myself when I'm doing something is, does it have to be my fingers that are doing this? job? Did I need to be the one going in and updating the plugins? No. Can I task out to my team lead to go beyond Jessica Zimmerman's podcast? No. So that tells me, you know, that gives me kind of a priority structure because I'm one of those, I'm a very control type A and I think many entrepreneurs are, um, and it's hard to say no. And so that kind of keeps me in check that question. And that really is what drove me in that incremental process, of uh, from independent contractors into employees now. So they pretty much run the businesses for me and check in with me.
0: Ah, yes. There's nothing better than a good team, right? I mean, there's nothing better. And you're right. You just, you can't do it all yourself. You've got to, and there is no better feeling than knowing that's handled and I can focus on what I'm really good at. So I love that. Okay. So final question. I ask everyone this question at the end of the podcast. If you had Oprah's money, so billions of dollars mm-hmm. and you had to spend it on yourself, something totally selfish. What would you buy?
2: I would build myself a sports facility where I could train for triathlon all day long. <laughs> Wow. What a good answer. <laughs> well, because right now we're in COVID, we can't use the gyms. We can't use the pools and I don't like open water because they're snakes. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes.
0: I, I hear you. I hear you. Oh my gosh. That's so good. So you, so you do triathlons.
2: I do. I I do. I compete in Ironman triathlons. I love that's my self care aspect of things. I love it, and I'm really missing that right now. Oh, I bet
0: I bet. Oh goodness, yeah. So you would totally do that. You'd be like, let me just build this facility. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I just finished watching the Last Dance. You know, the documentary with Michael Jordan, and I thought it was so interesting. He was doing a movie. Uh, with Warner Brothers, that that movie called Space Jam, mm-hmm. and he said to them, "Listen, I I have to practice." And they built him like an entire you know a gym with a Incredible. with a with a professional basketball court. And wow. so all of these professional players, because it was it was during the off season, would come at night and they would all play together, even though they were on opposing teams and everything. And I thought, yeah, that must be so nice. It's like, hey, I need this facility and. Boom, here it is.
2: Well, Michael Jordan and I have something in common that I haven't watched that
0: yet. That's awesome. There you go. Oh my gosh, you got to watch it. It's so good. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know that this was super helpful and that people have learned a lot. So where tell people where we can find you.
2: Yes, I understand. I talk really fast. I'm from the East Coast. So if you guys have any questions, you can find me at rachelbranke.com. There's a drop down for my podcast and all the other different uh, brands that I have. Chat box there. I mean, I'm the only Rachel Branke. So you can find me anywhere there. Social media and myself or my team will get back to you.
0: That sounds perfect. Thank you so much for being on.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, Zimmerman Podcast listeners, Rachel was not your average lawyer, was she? I hope what we talked about today encourages you to take action and have an attorney look over your important business documents so that you can protect your business and your livelihood. This is one of those things you can't afford not to do. So get to it. If you heard something helpful today, do me a favor rate, review, and share this episode of Zimmerman Podcast. Your feedback and support means the world to me personally, and it also allows us to keep making more free podcast episodes. I'll see you back here next week for another amazing episode of Zimmerman Podcast.
1: If you loved what you heard today, even if you liked it a lot, you should subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you back here next time in the Zimmerman Podcast.